Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The Bible forewarns us of a time when people will disregard the truth in favor of their opinions and personal beliefs. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that currently the majority of people don't believe in the Bible exclusively, but rather a mashup to include personal preferences. Where are we? if not living in the end times. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 9, 2022. For today, I want to draw upon the well-known idiom of the proof is in the pudding from a prophetic perspective. And this because of the overwhelming preponderance of evidence that according to Bible prophecy, we prove, according to Bible prophecy, that we are at the very end. Actually, Bible prophecy is explicit in this regard foretelling that at the time of the end, a growing number of people will turn from the truth, refusing to hear the truth, but the proof of that truth is in the pudding, as it were. Let me begin with a definition and explanation of the meaning of this idiom. The proof is in the pudding is an expression that means the value, quality, or truth of something that must be judged based on direct experience with it or on its results. The expression is an alteration of an older saying that makes the meaning a bit clearer. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. In other words, things must be judged by trying them yourself or seeing them in action rather than on other factors such as hearsay. Another variation of the term is the proof of the pudding, which refers to the results themselves or the testing of something to judge its value or truth. In these sayings, the word proof was originally used in the sense of a test of something, such as a test of quality, worth, truth, etc. However, and please listen, it is now interpreted as meaning the same thing as keyword evidence. 
These expressions are applied to a wide variety of scenarios. They're often used in the context of offering evidence for a particular argument or noting that a judgment can't be made until the final result. Here's the truth. The truth is we have the final result. The jury is no longer out. The verdict is now in. And as such, a judgment can be made based on the evidence. In other words, the proof is in the prophetic pudding concerning the resulting evidence, specifically of a turning from sound doctrine. Not only does Bible prophecy tell us that in the last days great numbers will turn from the truth, we're even told why they do that. First Timothy chapter 4, the first two verses. The Spirit, Holy Spirit, explicitly says, clearly says, that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons, doctrines of demons. So a last day's prophecy, a marker, a characteristic of the last days, there will be some that will turn from the faith and turn to doctrines of demons, deceiving spirits, deceiving spirits. Such teachings come through, this is pretty strong, but it needs to be, hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Second Timothy chapter 4, the first four verses. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writing to Pastor Timothy, a young pastor, says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and, and I want you to pay particular attention to this delineation, in view of His appearing and His kingdom. Stop. Did you catch that? His appearing is the rapture, His kingdom is the second coming. They're not synonymous in terms, they're not one and the same. In other words, Paul by the Holy Spirit is saying to Timothy, in light of, in view of the rapture, the appearing, and the second coming, I give you this charge. Verse 2, preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience. I'm still working on that one. And careful instruction. And here's why, verse 3. For the time will come, that time has already come, when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, 
they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And here it is again, verse 4, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths, fables, lies. Question, is what we are seeing now specific to this last day's prophecy we just read, coming to pass in the world today? The answer is an astounding yes. And the proof is in the results, or perhaps better said, as Jesus said, the proof of the root is in the fruit. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. I'll begin reading in verse 15. And I want to point out something here, easily missed at first read. Jesus speaks to deception when He says, verse 15, watch out for false prophets. Don't be deceived by them. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, they are ferocious, ravenous wolves. Well, how are we going to know? Verse 16, by their fruit you will know them. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will know them. The proof of the root is in the fruit. Well, what follows are results proving <laughs> they're results of a recent nationwide survey conducted by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. It bears the title American Worldview Inventory 2022, Release Number 5. Shocking results concerning the worldview of Christian pastors. Here are a couple of quotes. A new nationwide survey among a representative sample of Americans' Christian pastors shows that a large majority of those pastors do not possess a biblical worldview. In fact, just slightly more than a third, 37 percent, have a biblical worldview, and the majority, 62%, possess a hybrid worldview known as syncretism, the blending of ideas and applications from a variety of holistic worldviews into 
a unique but inconsistent combination that represents their personal preferences. More than six out of ten pastors, 62%, have a predominantly syncretistic worldview. While it is shocking to discover that a large majority of Christian pastors do not possess a biblical worldview, pastors are more likely than any other population segment studied by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University to embrace this life philosophy. Well, that explains it. No wonder. No wonder. Hmm. Well, it gets worse. In a subsequent release on August 30th, they found that at least a third of senior pastors in the United States believe one can earn a place in heaven by simply being a good person. Ah. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, which apparently they're not preaching, says, we are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. But again, not to excuse it, but perhaps in some ways to explain it. If they have this syncretistic worldview that's a hybrid of all the other woke worldviews, then wouldn't it stand to reason that you would have to adopt and embrace such heresy? Still quoting, at least a third of those surveyed also said, they believe socialism is preferable to capitalism. The current report reveals that a shockingly large percentage reject biblical teaching on some of the most basic Christian beliefs. They've abandoned the truth. They've abandoned the fundamental foundational truths of Scripture. Another 39% of evangelical pastors surveyed said, there is no absolute moral truth, and that each individual must determine their own truth. Roughly the same percentage, 38%, didn't answer in the affirmative when asked if, quote, human life is sacred while 37% said having faith in general is more important than in what or more specifically whom one has faith. Perhaps most startlingly, still quoting, 3 in 10 evangelical pastors, 30%, did not answer in the affirmative if their salvation is based on having confessed their sins and accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. If this is true, and it absolutely is, 
then it should not come as any surprise that the last day's church is in the condition it's in today. And we need look no further than these aforementioned pastors who turn people's ears away from the truth and instead have turned aside to these myths. And if this weren't bad enough, sadly, this prophecy presupposes that these pastors, I want you to think about this, that prophecy in 2 Timothy and 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4, it has packaged with it the presupposition that there will be these pastors that are all too willing at the ready to say, what one's ears are itching to hear, and they are. Listen to what A.W. Tozer had to say about itching ears. In the church, many are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We talked about that last week, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5. You've got to love Tozer. I love Tozer. Not all the time. Both him and, and Chambers, I, I have a love-hate relationship with their writings, you know, where <laughs> it's kind of like you walk away from it going, that's, I'm not going to read this anymore. It's, no. Uh, and then you're drawn back by the Holy Spirit, rightfully so, because they tell it like it is. got to love this, Tozer quote, if you do not like what I am saying, I want to ask you something. Think about the company you run with. What do they talk about most? God and the love of God or other things? You you decide that. Many Christians today will not endure sound doctrine. Paul described these people as having itching ears. They did not like sound doctrine, but they were Christians. They called themselves Christians, but their ears were itchy. They will not endure sound doctrine. I think that is a description of the churches. In the light of the New Testament predictions slash prophecies, teachings, and standards, is what I just said about the prevailing religious mood untrue? Is what I just said about the prevailing religious mood uncharitable? Is it extreme? I do not think it is. But I only ask you to do one thing. Look around you and look in your own heart. See which of these pictures describes the churches you know. Now I have to confess that as a pastor, I have this sanctified bitter sweetness in all of this by virtue of the prophetic implications of all of this, and I'll explain what I mean. It's bitter because of the lukewarm condition of the last day's Laodicean church but sweet because it is the last days of the church. 
namely the last days before the rapture of the church, which is sound doctrine. And ironically, it's the irony of ironies, this sound doctrine is the very truth that many have turned from in their turning to lies. A couple weeks back on Thursday nights, we're going through Jeremiah. Man, it's been such a rich blessing. On Thursday, September 29th, we were in chapter 27 and 28, which I have to say eerily parallels the Second Timothy 4 prophecy. And here's how I get there. Jeremiah prophesied sound doctrine of God's word of truth. He preached the word. He proclaimed the unpopular prophecies and messages. But the false prophets, of which there were many, there were no shortage of them, and great numbers were flocking to them, because we're told four times in chapter 27, that they would prophesy a lie to the people. And this prophesying of a lie was for those with itching ears to hear what the false prophets would say. When a false prophet named Hananiah confronts and contradicts Jeremiah's sound doctrine. Jeremiah does not walk it back, tone it down, soften it up. No, he boldly, with an unflinching fearlessness, speaks the truth. Jeremiah 28, beginning in verse 15, then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you. Oh, would to God that there would be a holy boldness among the men of God, a sanctified strength among the people of God. The Lord has not sent you, but you make this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die, because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. You're not bringing people to the Lord, you're turning people away from the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Okay, all that to say this. The Hananiahs of today have been met with a stunning success in making the people turn from the truth and as such, trust in a lie. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. 
With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for Truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.